following is a Bible study in a series entitled Growing in Grace and Knowledge, put together by the pastors at Living Savior Lutheran Church in Asheville and Hendersonville, North Carolina. This Bible study grows our understanding of the Christian life so that we would grow in our Christian life. Hello, I'm Pastor Paul Zell of Living Savior Lutheran Church in Hendersonville and Asheville, North Carolina. And this is the sixth installment of our Bible study series, Growing in Grace and Knowledge. That title for the whole series is taken from the, the biblical epistle called 1 Peter chapter 5. It's the very last passage where the Lord gives us the command, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And he puts that in a letter where quite clearly the Apostle Peter has said that we are, you are a holy nation, a royal priesthood, a people belonging to God, that, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Well, where do we declare his praises? In a vacuum? Uh, not really. Uh, just in church where we're surrounded by those who are going to say, yeah, we agree with you. Well, that's a wonderful place to do that. But actually, the Lord desires that as we grow in the grace and knowledge of him, that we would declare his praises in our circle, whatever that circle of acquaintances might be. So let's start with this, that the heading for the whole lesson is the word evangelism. Evangelism is sort of like gospelism, which is, you're accustomed with the word gospel. That's an old English word. It means good news. And of course, you've come to know what the good news is. The good news is that sinful though I am, from the moment I was conceived and born, the Lord has washed away my sins. He's washed them away by his blood, the blood he shed on the cross. He's washed my sins away in baptism. He has made things right with God so that I'm not guilty before God through the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. The good news is that Jesus died for me and for you so that we might live eternally. The good news is that you and I have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. There's all sorts of ways in which the good news is proclaimed in Scripture. And as we grow in, in that, well, the good news is that we're saved by grace through faith. As we grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord is equipping us to be gospelers, although there is no such word, uh, to practice gospelism. There's no such word as that. But there are words that move from Old English like gospel to Greek words where the A-N-G-E-L, that angel has the idea of a message or messenger. Angels are special messengers that, that God created. Uh, and the, the E-U part or E-V is good. So put the two together, good, the E-V part of the word, message, angelus, or messaging, 
evangelism, you kind of get the idea. Bringing the good message, the good news of Jesus Christ to others. Who does that? Of course, you've grown enough in the, the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ that you realize every believer is being equipped by the gospel to, to bring that news to others. So we've got five goals accomplished with five texts. Maybe by now you already have that in front of you or you've printed it out or you're going to. Let me just do a, a real quick overview. The first one is in Mark chapter 16. It's the last passage of the Gospel of Mark. So after St. Mark has written about Jesus who was baptized and, and who made himself known in Israel as the Son of God, proved that with his miracles, after Jesus has made it quite evident that he didn't come to be served but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. After Mark has told about how Jesus gave his life on the cross, and then right here in chapter 16, how he rose from the dead, Jesus commissions not only his apostles, but all believers to preach the gospel, to proclaim the gospel. As you look at those words, the study sort of takes you through that, that there's a going involved. We, I, I can't do evangelism typically by just sitting in my own private world, but the Lord brings me into a circle of people where I can speak to them face-to-face, -face, on the phone, text messages, notes that I write to them, emails that I send you too, to bring the good news, proclaim the good news to all creation. That part of the command, of course, makes it obvious that this isn't limited to people that look like me, people that I like. Ultimately, the, the, the evangelistic call is given to all believers to take to all the world. By the way, if you looked at Mark chapter 16, you saw something about how some, some of the ancient manuscripts don't have this ending of Mark, Mark 16, verses 9 to 20. You don't have to disregard that. There are some early manuscripts that don't include that, but so many do that, including very ancient ones, that my encouragement to you is regard it carefully. And then ask yourself, does this sound like something God would say? Certainly fits with what he says elsewhere in scripture. So if it sounds like the word of God, I, I think you could regard it as God's word and a, and, a, and a command that applies to you. The rest of the message then, I should say that first goal lesson then takes you to a very interesting part of this, which indicates that some of the early believers were given the ability to do miraculous signs. So it's kind of like, while we're at that, let's walk you through that. And there are uh, references to 2 Corinthians 12 and Matthew 12 and John 10, where you kind of get to walk through that and just ask yourself the question, should God, does God still give the ability to do miraculous signs to all believers? Is that the only way he confirms his message? Anyway, let you, let you study that and, and ultimately recognize, yeah, 
even if I can't do miracles, even if I can't turn water into wine or heal people who are sick, I can proclaim the message, the good news. So can you. The next one is Romans chapter 10. The heading is to regard every evangelist as a beautiful person. That's the last words in that passage. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Kind of a figure of speech. Kind of like when somebody takes you out in the driveway and says, you got to look at my new wheels. I'm not talking about just the wheels on their car. We're talking about the whole car. Or we got a church work day coming up on our new property and we're going to need some strong backs. Well, like backs without the people? No, we, we need some strong people. Similarly, it's the persons who are beautiful that bring the good news. And in a very logical way, the Apostle Paul points out how it really only makes sense for someone to believe the good news, they need to hear it. And for someone to hear it, somebody needs to speak to them, proclaim the message to them. And for someone to proclaim the message, that, that person needs to be sent to them. So the Apostle Paul puts the necessity on not just people hearing it, so that they might believe, but people like you and me speaking the message. And of course, when the, the message is heard, as in your case and mine, people are brought to believe it and be saved. The end of that goal number two, it has you talking about, we've mentioned this before, you've got this circle, you've got relatives who already believe and some who don't. You have a close friend, maybe several, who is a confessing Christian or some who are not. Co-workers, neighbors, people in your circle where you regard yourself. God put me in that circle, not only to make their life better so that they're happy till without faith in Jesus, they die and go to hell, but the Lord put me in that circle so that I, yes, I, you, yes, you, could share the good news with them. Serious task, yes, but you, you've already been equipped to do it. As you go on to goal number three, to learn what is and what is not required for evangelism. Gets you into 1 Corinthians chapter 2. The apostle in that passage points out that you don't need eloquence. You don't need great, impressive wisdom. What you do need is the ability to speak about Jesus and him crucified. My guess is you've been able to do that since you were pretty little. What's the cross about? Well, Jesus died on the cross for the sins of the whole world. Why? so that God could then send the whole world to hell? No, so that God could save the world through him. God has been equipping you for, for perhaps many, many years to believe this message, to rejoice in it, and also to, to tell it to others. You're going to notice in that exercise that it gets you to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, about being prepared 
but also to Luke chapter 12, where you get to, at the end of the exercise, just kind of fill in the blanks and recognize, yep, every time you're hearing the word, you're being prepared to share it with your son. To tell it in a kind, loving way, just kind of being the person that you are to a friend of yours. That's evangelism. And yep, you're very well equipped to do that. Goal number four takes you to Ezekiel chapter 33. What it means to be a watchman. We don't typically don't have watchmen in our cities, but in the ancient Near or Middle East, when the prophet Ezekiel was, was writing, there were walled cities. They'd close up the city gate at night and post watchmen on the top of the walls, and they would watch. And if the enemy, with, with their army, came over the hill, the watchmen had to sound the alarm and warn people. If the watchmen didn't speak up, they were held accountable. you got to warn us, you, you watchmen. Similarly, in a rather serious way, the prophet indicates you and I too are like watchmen. We, we need to sound the, the warning that, you know the passage from the epistle to the Romans, the wages of sin is death. We, we, we got to warn about that. We have to warn that God gives commandments and he expects that his commandments are seriously regarded and that all who break his commandments are, are worthy of not only death, but being pushed away from God and condemned. Warn about that, but also, of course, sound the good news that there is a Savior from such a death and from such a separation from God, and that his name is, is Jesus. That particular goal, number four, ends very positively about how the angels of heaven rejoice over every sinner who repents. Some of God's most marvelous creatures are very invested in bringing the message. But God doesn't rely so much on angels nowadays as he re, uh, relies on other messengers like you and like me. Be a faithful watchman. And of course, in your studies, you want to go on to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, where the basic message is captured very clearly. That you and I, along with the Apostle Paul, we are God's ambassadors. But in most of our cases, he doesn't send us to a foreign country. He sends us to, to work to another conversation with, with a, a, a co-worker, to a, a connection we ha already have to represent our King, Christ, and tell the, the good news of what he has done. Here the good news is of being reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. God bless your studies. Look forward as, as we, we do each week to to joining you either Wednesday at 10 in the morning, the Zoom link accompanies this video, or Thursday at 7 in the evening. Look, looking forward to, to seeing you then.